Chad, is somebody talking? I want to know what we're talking about. You want to listen? You have to sit quiet, though. From Boogieland Media, this is On Carlson Drive, a dusty little dirt road of memories from the wit and whimsy of Wendy Bonifield. Today's episode, On Carlson Drive. Carlson Drive, a dusty little dirt road that holds the first of my dusty little childhood memories. Fragments, really. Brief little peaks of the past, Only small pieces of a story. The memory of a sidewalk, but only dirt and gravel road. Or the vision of a row of neat little houses with no fences in the backyard, which created one long playground. Some memories are stronger, reinforced by photographs. Do I actually remember those things, or do I just know them because of photos? My house on a hill. My memory is stirred because of a video of me riding down the hill on a little push toy. Foggy memories of rolling down a hill, but that could be any hill. Was it the hill behind my house? I'm thankful for photographs. Much would have been forgotten without them. Oh, we had great adventures on Carlson Drive. For example, the paved road at the end of our street held great peril. Not just because of cars, although we were warned whenever we set off to look for cars. No, the danger came in the form of gravel. The sudden change from dirt road to paved road sprinkled with loose gravel was prime for wipeout especially for a novice bike rider like myself. Many a skinned knee and scraped elbow were awarded on those adventures. All this in the pursuit of tadpoles and mud chunks. We would brave the loose gravel to find our way to a swamp. Always in pairs or more, for we were never allowed to go to the swamp by ourselves. Sometimes the swamp was swampy, and other times it was completely dry. And when it was swampy, there were tadpoles. Thousands of tadpoles. Many a tadpole lost their lives as we scooped them up and tried to bring them home in buckets swinging from the handlebars of our bikes. Or when the swamp was dry, we would see who could pick up the biggest chunk of mud without breaking it. A feat of great skill. And of course at home, in our long fenceless backyard, there were many battles. Games of freeze tag, red rover, green light, red light, or just plain let's chase each other with sticks. There is a list of characters on Carlson Drive, named and unnamed. Kim and Eileen, our next door neighbors. Eileen was the same age as my older sister Lisa, Kim was older than all of us, but Lisa and Eileen played together, and Kim was my friend. This is a strong memory, because later in life, I remember thinking that I should have played with Eileen, and Lisha should have played with Kim because of our ages. I'm sure at the time I didn't feel the same way, because Kim was fun. She taught me to dance the bump. 
She liked disco music, so I thought it was fun, too. There was Debbie, who lived across the street. I don't remember much about Debbie, except she had short hair and that my brother Dan bit her on the stomach once. I'm not sure how or why one bites someone on the stomach, but, um, yeah, that's my brother. Then there was a blonde-headed boy who lived next door to Debbie, but I don't remember his name. We have a picture of him sitting on top of my small bookshelf. The bookshelf has dividers on it, and when you sit between the dividers, it was like sitting on a throne. There's another picture of the unnamed blonde boy making paper bag puppets with us, so we must have played together often. Then there was Sean Cool. Was that really her name? Sean Cool? Oh, I hope so. It is always the name I have called her by when I tell the story. The story of the calico cat. That is the better of the two memories I have of Sean Cool. The first being a short story of Sean Cool punching her hand through the glass panel in her front door and severely injuring her hand. The second story of the sweet little calico cat we found in the woods who came home to live with me. She must have been a gentle cat. She allowed two young girls to pick her up and bring her home. She came home to my house. My mother, not known to be an animal lover, allowed me to keep her anyway. For now, until we can find the family she belongs to. I was sure she was our cat, that no other family would be found. So, when she disappeared, I was heartbroken, and all the comforting from my mother only made things worse. I should be happy, my mother said, because she had gone home, reunited with her family. Aren't you happy for the family? I'm sure they were worried about her. No, I wasn't happy for that family. We were her family. I was not happy. I was sad. But soon my sadness was turned to elation because there she was, hidden behind some boards in our garage with her new family, a family of kittens. Kittens, our sweet Little stray calico cat was now our sweet little calico mama cat. Kittens. So much better than tadpoles any day. All the neighborhood came to see our new little family. It wasn't long before all the kittens were spoken for. The unnamed blonde boy and his family took the mama cat and the last kitten, we got to keep two of the kittens. My sister Lisa chose a black cat who looked like she was wearing white mittens. So she aptly named her Mittens, which according to my sister is the only proper name for a black cat with white paws. For many years later, we got another black cat with white paws. We named that cat Mittens also. My cat was mostly white with a few spots of brown. I named him Spooky. My sister Lisa thought that was a dumb name. That's a dumb name. He's not Spooky. He looks like a toasted marshmallow because he's white like a marshmallow. 
and the brown spots are where he's been toasted. Spooky is a dumb name. In fact, even today, she defends her eight-year-old self. It was a dumb name, and Toasted Marshmallow would have been a much better name. I felt like Spooky fit perfectly. He was white, like a ghost, and what is spookier than a ghost? As it turns out, Spooky was somewhat of a terror to the local rabbit population. Who knows? Maybe there were spooky stories told to the young Carlson Drive rabbits about Spooky the Cat. Beware of the white cat with brown spots. And besides, how easy is it to name an animal for what it looks like? She has white paws. It looks like she's wearing mittens. We will name her Mittens. Look how fluffy his fur is. We will name him Fluffy. He is white with spots, like a toasted marshmallow. We will call him Toasted Marshmallow. And try calling out the name Toasted Marshmallow to get your cat to come. Not that your cat is going to come when you call its name, but one can try, which I did, and I wasn't going to call him Toasted Marshmallow. Also, the name Spooky irritated my sister, so of course I was going to stick to the name Spooky. Not long after we got these sweet kittens and they grew into lovable cats, we moved. We were moving to Chicago into an apartment building and we could not keep our cats. Lisa's cat went to a home of a family friend, an older lady who was happy to have the aptly named Mittens. Apparently Mittens was a quiet, well-behaved cat who would enjoy the company of this elderly family friend. Spooky, the specter of the neighborhood rabbits, found a home with my great aunt and uncle. This was good, because I could get frequent updates on Spooky from my grandmother, who, as a side note, was the very best person God ever created. I imagine Mittens living out her days contentedly sleeping by a warm fire. I never heard any differently, so there it stays. Spooky, unfortunately, did not have a similar fate. Spooky, I was told, got lost in a snowstorm. I know this because my grandma told me one summer afternoon. Why she decided to tell me, I'm not sure. I probably asked about him. I'm sure she wished she hadn't told me. I'm sure because she said so. At least I think that's what she said. I was crying pretty loud to hear the words clearly. Wrapped in the generous, loving hug from my grandmother, I cried and cried. My great aunt and uncle had taken Spooky up north. Up north was what I called my grandma's family cabin, truly a little cabin in the woods somewhere up north in Michigan. Spooky had run away, and all effort to find him had failed. Winter passed, spring, and now summer. There was no way Spooky had survived that Michigan winter. Spooky was presumed dead. I presumed Spooky to be living off the land, a mighty hunter spooking all the up north rabbits. I decided with a name like Spooky, he could survive anything, even a Michigan winter. 
Good thing I didn't name him Toasted Marshmallow. Those get eaten. Do you remember the day we brought that cat home? Oh, yes, I do. Well, I don't remember bringing the cat home, but I remember the kittens, yes. When you came up with these two little, just born, little kittens. Look, Mom! (laughs) Oh, there they were. Oh, great. That's where the cat went. (laughs) And we had to keep those cats. Yeah, you did. Those kittens. I mean, they couldn't be given away when they were just little. They had to stay with Mom and... Mature, at least. I mean, because she fed them. Right. Yeah, so. An exciting day. You were, you, at least it was okay, too, but you were really excited about holding these two kitties. (laughs) (laughs) So did I find them? You did. Yes, they were in our garage. Okay. I suppose Mom had the babies, and somehow there must have been some noise or something to bring attention to it, because... You found them right there, and it must have been almost immediately born because they were still in the slimy look of newborn babies. I'm surprised the mom cat let me pick. She had to have been a pretty docile cat anyway to let us two little girls pick her up and bring her home anyway. right. And we gave those other kitties away, as you said. They they found homes and kept the two. We were only going to keep one, but that was not going to work. Mittens and Spooky. That's right, yeah. And I still hold that Spooky was the right name. (laughs) That's what you named him, so that's what he became. (laughs) And Deer Cat climbed the walls. He liked to be up high and walk on high areas. So he would, like, climb... Climb the shelves at the in our house. Oh and... yes, be on top of things. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know that he was sort of trouble. Well, he brought a rabbit out of the woods at one point. I remember. They used to leave them in front of the house. You know, whatever they caught. All right. So what? Do, what do you remember? I mean, some of it was you as you were listening to this uh, story. Some of the things you were like, I don't remember that. I don't remember the person that you told that you mentioned that had the cats. I do remember the others, though. The little blonde guy, yeah, you used to play with him a lot. He had curly hair. He would come and he was a troublemaker, but he was fun. He was a troublemaker? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I don't remember. He was a little boy, you know. That's kind of how it fits, I guess. I don't know. A good group of people, yeah. The girls next door were fun. I have their senior pictures, actually, that they... Do you? You have their senior pictures? Yeah, I have pictures that they had. I saw... Some pictures the other day, when I was going through something, they were not senior pictures, school pictures of some sort. So you kept track of them over. You well, know, we as visited. We, moved? we went back and visited that family one one time when we were gone, when Dad and I were home. Were they in the same house next to mm-hmm, our old yeah, house? Still in the same house. Our old house is now gone. It's not there at all. Really? It's just a. It's a blank lot, and the the uh, tree that we planted out front, the little. Uh, Fir tree, you know, it was just a little tree. It's now huge, and that's that's what's on that lot. Just a big tree, but just no house. Big, no house. No. Oh, it's gone. They cut it down. I guess it was not lived in for a while, and just kind of didn't do well, and oh, that's, it's gone. That's too bad. It's kind of funny to look at the land and the, no house there that where we lived, and 
went through all of those things you mentioned. So um, was the street paved at, at some point? No, nope, never was paved. It was never paved? Well, not that I know of. It may have been at some time, but no. Even when you went back nope, to visit the family, wasn't it wasn't paved? paved. Nope. I'm trying to remember in my brain, you know, in my when I think about the swamp that I talk about with the tadpoles, I think of a big swamp. But what what was it? Was it just a puddle, or do you even remember what it was? I don't remember it at all. I don't, you, you I don't think I went down there I was with it. Say you I only saw didn't. the results of the trip. <laughs> you saw the tadpoles. The tadpoles, yeah. And the mud. We were probably and covered muddy in mud. kids, yeah. You didn't mind being muddy. That was fun. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was a good group of kids. You know, you did have a good time with them. And we had them in our yard a lot. And there was a hill behind our house. Oh, yes, there was a hill. The hill that led to nowhere, actually, a garden or whatever was behind, but not another residential area at all. So. Woods. There was woods behind our house. Yeah, pretty much. And yes, there was a hill. It just kind of was fun to roll down. But, but it was new. I mean, you guys were the first to live in that house, right? Oh, yes. My dad knew the, the uh, builder because he did all the electrical work in the area, in that whole area. And so... You know, he knew the guy that built it, and so went, that's how we made a contact and told him what we wanted, his colors and how it was right. painted and okay, yeah, that kind of thing. All right. But as you, as I was telling about Debbie, Dan biting Debbie on the stomach, you didn't remember that? No. I feel like I heard that story from you. I don't remember it at this point. Was I just making, I mean, it seems like something Dan would do. Yeah, I'm sure you didn't make it up. Yeah, that does sound like Dan. <laughs> and, you know, kids are, when they play together, kind of things happen. Yeah. All right. I Why do I have that in my head then, if you don't remember it? You remember it. Okay. Well, it's not fair to attribute something to Dan if he didn't do it, because he's done enough goofy stuff over <laughs> time. Well, just because I don't remember it doesn't mean he didn't do it. <laughs> fair enough. We moved there when you were just a newborn baby, and we were there maybe, oh, I don't know, not very long, and it snowed. It snowed so much that we were snowed in. Nobody could go anywhere. You know, we were kind of in the house, but it was fun to play outside on the snow. I'm so, sure. Well, yeah. Michigan, lots of snow, right? Lots of snow, yeah. What was the street at the end of our street? Was that a highway? Or was that just a regular road? It was a, it was a road into town, and at the other end of the street there wasn't a road. There was a railroad that you could hear the train going. It wasn't real close, but you could hear it loud, and you kind of get used to it so that you didn't even hear it. You know. I don't remember a railroad at all. Well, that was there was. A, we must not have gone by there. That was probably not a place that we got to play. By oh the no, railroad. that was, and it was. You really didn't. You couldn't. You didn't go there, but it. But it was what you could hear out there. I lived in that house when I went to kindergarten, and then we moved. Right, and you had a lovely time in Chicago in the first grade. That was <laughs> not school. <laughs> yeah, but kindergarten was okay with Mrs. Helfenbein. Okay. You don't remember her name? But you no. don't remember names I anymore, don't remember names. So. No, not it's fair. I don't remember a lot of things these days you remember. I know. Were Lisa and I super different when we were little as much as we are now? No, not till you got to be teenagers, I think. You know, although Lisa was always a neat person, yeah. She always, she always, <laughs> so she didn't want to get as dirty as I did. I liked to play in the mud. And you she, liked, you didn't mind that at all. In fact, one of, the, one of the things about that house is we put in a sandbox. 
dad put in the sandbox, made it nice on the bottom. It was just really going to be a really nice place, nice solid on the ground. Wait till that got, but you got out there to play in it and in the, in the mud and make it, it, mess it up, not let it get ready. And he do it over again. You didn't like that. You like to get in the mud. <laughs> I just wanted to play in the mud. You Who cares mud? about sandboxes? Right. Give and me And so mud. eventually he just gave up. He just said, okay, fine. We'll just put the sand in there. <laughs> Be how it is. Sounds like it was fun. I mean, he built a box Ex- of dirt to play exactly in, right? exactly right. Yes, you got that. <laughs> it was a good place to live. It was out of the city, not quite in the city, but close enough to be able to get places and had a Coney Island place just down the street, which was really good. You know, you go <laughs> well, I know you like your Coney, Coney Islands. Coney Islands, yeah, you could do those. This episode of On Carlson Drive was produced for Boogie Land Media by Randy and Wendy Bonifield. Sound design, mix, and editing by Randy Bonifield, and distributed through our friends at podbean.com. All stories were written, edited, and narrated by Wendy Bonifield. All original music and music arrangements are written and performed by Randy Bonifield. Additional music credits for episodes can be found at our website, oncarlsondrive.com. Remember to subscribe, and please like, add, friend, and review this podcast wherever you find us, but especially on Apple Podcasts, as it helps others to find us. Follow On Carlson Drive on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at username oncarlsondrive. You may also contact us at oncarlsondrive at gmail.com. Special thanks to all our friends and families who, unbeknownst to them, were writing the stories we tell simply by living them. Join us next week for a new episode. Until then, I'm Randy Bonifield, and you've been listening to On Carlson Drive.